it to the Easy Yoga Podcast with myself, Gemma Nice, Easy Yoga founder, author, yoga coach, and relationship coach. It is my pleasure to have you here and for you to feel energized, calm, happy, and for you to have the perfect relationship with yourself, your partner, and your family without seeing a family therapist, changing your personality, or leaving your job. You will learn techniques and things to help you guide you through a better life through health, meditation, yoga, journaling, nutrition, and all things yoga for you to have the life you deserve and crave and for you to love yourself on a soul level. Thank you so, so much for being here today and I am so grateful and so full of love to have you here. Enjoy this next episode. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode from Easy Yoga, All Things Relationships, Wellbeing and Yoga and today I have a very special guest. Her name is Elizabeth Lava and she provides coaching worldwide via one-to-one webinars, puts on meditation, yoga and group coaching workshops and retreats in southwestern Colorado. And Elizabeth is a former deadly disease investigator, that sounds interesting, (laughs) community health leader and veterinarian who helped prepare, prepare for and respond to the pandemic. Elizabeth went through many dark nights of the soul that pushed her into spiritually transformative experiences that led her to powerful healers, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, Ayurveda, and spiritual practices of deep wisdom. Now Elizabeth bridges the world as a transformational health, life, and spiritual emergence coach. Health care providers, veterinarians, and conscious leaders hire her to support them in returning to wholeness through deep self-care or transition to a different career to find inner joy and peace. She also supports souls who are coming out of the other side of a rapid spiritual awakening, such as spiritual emergence or emergency. And the soul's perspective and values within usually shifts. And there then is the need for the shifting their outer worlds to reflect their inner changes. Relationships are deeply impacted. So welcome, Elizabeth. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Gemma. I'm, it's an honor to be interviewed by you. Ah, that's all right. <laughs> so yes, tell me about a little bit about what you do or how you help your clients. Yeah, you know, I started out, um, I was a health department director. And um, after being a veterinarian for a while, that was the community health leadership role. And I really enjoyed um, when people came in individually, and I was able to do blood pressure checks and uh, STD testing. (laughs) Uh, I I did that as well as, uh, um, and just when someone walked through the door and really needed resources, even though I was originally in population health. So um, Eventually, I decided, you know, I really want to interact with people one-on-one. And so I went into a health coaching course uh, with um, Institute for Integrative Nutrition. And during that, I ended up having a pretty dramatic spiritual awakening and realized while I was taking the health coaching course that in order for someone's health to change, I really wanted to address the rest of their life with them because it all affects your, your health, right? Your, your career, your spiritual practices, your relationships. Um, and since you wanted to focus on that, um, uh, that definitely comes up in every coaching relationship that I have. Uh, and then um, I was taking a spiritual emergence coaching course through Emma Bragdon, um, who heads Integrative Mental Health for You, which I think she's just changed that to Integrative Mental Health University. And I told her that I wanted to do spiritual emergence coaching for those people who are going through a pretty dramatic spiritual awakening um, to help them 
directly one-on-one instead of groups because most of the people that are trained do it in groups. And she says, well, Elizabeth, you need to take a life coaching course. And I said, well, (laughs) which one do you suggest? It was like perfect because I had said before, I'm going to take a life coaching course to really help people thrive. um, But I'm going to wait till the right one lands in my lap. And she had already done all the research. And so I took a life um, life purpose institute course. And that was absolutely fabulous. And then at Life Purpose Institute, I also took a spiritual coaching course after that because I could tell that I actually needed one as well. <laughs> and whenever we take these coaching courses, we end up enriching ourselves. And then, and we, we put the, the proof is in the pudding. We put it into our own lives and then, um, and then help our clients. So, um, yeah, so the relationships um, definitely is something that for me that really dramatically changed um, during my spiritual awakening. And I know that's your interest, right, Gemma? You have a quite yes. a bit of interest about that. Yes, yeah, yeah, I do. Just because, well, my uh, my husband and I have been together nearly 22 years and someone has said to me, wow, you're doing something right. So you, you could do like a relationship coaching. I was like, yes, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. And I have not taken a relationship coaching course, but, um, and I'm wondering whether or not you have, have you done that? Cause I would love to do that. No, I actually haven't. No, no, but yeah, it's something that I really want to do because I'm really interested in it, but Mm -hmm. my clients can see where I am in my relationship and that's where they want to be. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of like, right, well then I'm telling them how I've dealt with this for 22 years <laughs> in a way mm-hmm, but yeah so much from other people as well that I've spoken to especially on the podcast so much has come up for them when they've done these courses that they're teaching others but then you're healing yourself as well yes yes so much so you know one of my favorite moments uh, interacting with with clients is when they ask when I when they share a huge challenge with me and then I ask them um how have you overcome um, challenges like this in the past. And I just be real quiet. And then they start sharing. I am just blown away. I've actually been moved to tears a couple of times with hearing how they have overcome. So, wow, that's beautiful. How could you apply that to this situation? And they usually very, very calmly think about how they would do it in the past. And then they share. Now, if I hear what they, how have they handled it in the past? And I was not moved instead disturbed. Yeah. <laughs> and I asked them, did that work last time? And usually they say, no, it didn't work very well last time. And then I um, um, asked them, how do you think you could have handled it better last time? Um, and just let them really reflect deeply on their own inner wisdom first. And only when I hear that what they're planning on doing next sounds unhealthy, then I ask them uh, open or reflective questions as well. Um, in terms of what do they think that, how do they think that would go this time around? Um, and then I ask for permission for, to see if I can share resources with them. And I find because I've been, I've experienced so much and received so much training, um, I try not to share more than one resource at a, in a session because they are already employing their inner wisdom as well. And I'm keeping, keeping them accountable. So, um, and I've learned so much through not only being coached, but also being counseled by a counselor who has deep spiritual competency so that I can tap into um, deep spiritual wisdom within my own, the tradition from my own lineage, um, as well as what other wisdom may be out there that she's familiar with that has helped 
um, her clients get through. So yeah. I'm not a counselor and I make sure that I'm not doing something that a counselor would, but I just love that dynamic relationship with my own counselor. And it's helped me a lot, particularly with relationships, because it's almost always relationships that I'm talking to my counselor about. <laughs> <laughs> um, so therefore, when I noticed that this is now something a counselor should deal with, that's something they were trained at through Life Purpose Institute did a really good job where they, um, taught us what is the role of a coach versus when it's starting to get into a counselor's role. Yeah. And uh, so do you, have you experienced that as well? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Where a coach would ask them questions, but they then figure out the answer. Whereas a counselor really kind of dives deeper, I suppose, although they still would dive deep as a coach, but yeah. Mm -hmm. What would be mm. your answer? Yeah. And I have had some clients say to me, you're better than my counselor. And I went, oh, no, sometimes that could be bypassing where they actually don't want to talk to their counselor. They'd rather talk to me. Um, but I think part of it is the deep meditation that I do every day. Um, and they can feel my energy from my yes. deep meditation. Um, and uh, yeah, and just feeling safe in that energy. So that probably is one reason why. And I, so I bring, when I, when I bring my spirituality and a lot of it is, is the peace and centeredness yeah. I bring from my meditation, which is for me, the most powerful part of my yoga practice is the meditation. Yeah. What kind of meditation do you do? Do you just sit there and, and be with yourself? Do you have music on and things? Or do you listen to an app or what do you do? I do something called, and I don't usually talk about this on a podcast, but I thought, Jam, I'm going to share with, share with, no, no, because your listeners are, are yogis and yoginis, it sounds like. Yeah. So I, I practice something called Kriya Yoga, and it's something that was brought over to the United States by Yogananda. Have you heard of him? Yes. Yeah. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. There's monks in India right now who are leading a meditation um, with the techniques. Now they don't talk about the techniques, uh, you know, very much. But there's the the whole invoking of the lineage of the masters, um, praying, chanting. They play a harmonium, and then they do lead some pranayama at the beginning, um, depending on the style of the monk. Some of them just after playing the harmonium, it's silence, and you see the altar with the the different. Um, uh, Kriya yoga masters, uh, including Jesus and Krishna, Yukteswar, uh, Lahi Mahasya, Babaji, wow. and, and Yogananda. So, um, so that's what I practice um, uh, daily. And it gives me, it brings me back to the center so well that it allows me to coach people better as well. Yeah. Hello. How long do you do that for a day? I try to do it an hour twice a day. Yeah. At first thing when I wake up and, uh, and then before I go to sleep and if I'm too tired, we, I joke with a friend of mine, if I'm too tired and I end up sleepitating, <laughs> <laughs> I like that word, <laughs> a friend of mine that's on the path shared that word with me, sleepitating. Then I at least go through, um, some of the, the basic, um, uh, praying and chanting and mantra. Um, and I say, a, a deep prayer for whatever I'm challenge I'm facing before I go to sleep. So then I just let it go and I let it go to the divine forces to send me resources and the inner knowing yeah. to handle what's what I'm facing and what I will be the next day. So that's amazing. Yeah. That's incredible. So with relationships, then how do you do you have like a set 
thing that you would do, like you would get them to do meditation or spiritual journaling or anything like that, and then talk to them? Or how would you do that? Yeah, great. Thanks for asking. Well, at the beginning of each of my sessions, I asked permission for my clients if we could do a, a, a brief meditation. And it's interesting, um, when I didn't do it consistently every single time right at the beginning, I would witness how the sessions would go without and with, and it always, they always tapped into their deep inner knowing and shared more deeply, felt safer and had these kind of, you know, we know that meditation increases intuition. And so it would, it, they would end up sharing more deeply, um, uh, about that. Um, I would, yes, I do recommend all of them journaling, um, each, each day. And, um, it's really funny because, uh, on my spiritual lineage, there was just a recent, talk given about gratitude. And I was like, oh yeah, I need, I need to start journaling again. And, um, particularly about gratitude, you know, cause I did that during some really rough times during my spiritual awakening. And I go into the, into the co-op, uh, the grocery store. Um, and I come around the corner and there's the most beautiful gratitude journal I've ever seen. Oh, uh, amazing. <laughs> I need to get that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, and I'm going to get some of those. I looked at it when, you know, when you look at a, the back of a book, you can look at that, what's called the ISBN number. I don't know yes, if that's in yeah. UK. Okay. And yeah. so I'm like, oh, good. Look, there's ISBN number. Cause I'm going to order a bunch more for when I put on retreats. Um, and so, yeah. So then if I have another session after that, and I, then I'll ask them what came up during your, during your journaling. And now if there's a relationship conflict that, um, is, is again, once again, for a counselor, then I'll refer them. And cause I, I, there, there's a lot of times we get to a point where I'm like, this is beyond what I can yes. support, support you. Yeah. 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 Yeah, definitely. And do you, uh, did you go through like a, a bad breakup or anything like that for you to go down more spiritual pathway for your relationships? Oh. You don't oh, have to yeah. share. <laughs> No. Yeah. That's so I wrote a book about my spiritual uh, emergency because it was so extreme. Yeah. So I, um, when I was a health department director, when I, before I was transitioning uh, into becoming a coach, because I, I had uh, applied for and um, received a federal grant for a six county region for mental health. Um, Yeah. And then another one from the state for marijuana tax dollars for substance use prevention. And that was on top of an already very demanding job. And I had a lovely partner at the time. Fabulous. Like I was like, oh, I finally found my soul partner, you know, and I, I pushed myself so hard that I would come home pretty late and be pretty stressed out. And I didn't take it out on him. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, I wouldn't be angry at my interactions with him, but I would complain about work a lot though. And eventually he couldn't handle it anymore. And he left my life. Oh, no. Yeah. And uh, so I ended up, um, so I didn't have a, a journaling or a daily practice. I didn't meditate daily at that time. Um, my practices were more all about being in nature and exercising. And I definitely did yoga on the mat, but I didn't meditate. And um, so I ended up really tearing myself part inside. So I'm actually, my self-critic is, is extreme. Um, and so I ended up because of that self-critic, I could see everything that I did wrong in the relationship. And I was so sad that I, I lost him in my life and I ended up in clinical depression oh, no. and yeah. And the depression was so severe. I actually had suicidal ideation. And that moment when I had suicidal ideation, I remember thinking, Oh my gosh, what is going on? I've never had this before. I I've got to figure out a, a solution. 
And so um, the interesting thing is I ended up taking on the resources that I had put received it brought into the six county region through that mental health grant. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So I went to, to this employee assistance program. We call that in the United States when your employer provides uh, mental service and mental health services for as part of being an employee, you don't even have to pay any copay or anything like That's that. Good. So I was going in there and it didn't work very well. They didn't ask me about my spiritual beliefs or paths. Um, they didn't recommend meditation. Um, I did everything that they said in terms of um, self, deep self-care. Um, I would, I exercised, I took vacation, I did lots of deep breathing. I didn't know anything about pranayama or meditation. And um, I, things were, were starting to shift a little bit for me. Um, then I ended up, literally wasn't quite out of depression though. I was expecting other people like trying to find a different partner. And that led to a lot of trauma for me. And it was pretty, pretty severe. And I talk about part of that trauma in the book and, um, and the doctors were trying to put me on antidepressants. And I was like, at that moment, I remember looking at the label of the antidepressants and seeing the withdrawal effects. And I'm like, that's just the same thing that I'm experiencing now. Why would I yeah. take a medication now? And then, and then I was also a triathlete and I, um, have a delicate gut and I didn't want to it said that it could disturb your gut. So I swallowed one pill and I looked in the mirror and a tear went down my face. And I went, this is not a coincidence that I'm leading a mental health grant and this is happening. I'm going to figure out another way. And so I went to the, <clears throat> and I thought I believed in the law of attraction. So I thought there's darkness inside of me. So I'm attracting some of this trauma in. So I went to the library and I checked out books about mindfulness and meditation <laughs> And uh, so I started practicing being fully present, like Eckhart Tolle. Um, some people say Tolle, some people say Tolle, Eckhart. Um, so the power of now and the new earth, and I was practicing that. And after about three weeks, including dabbling in with Deepak Chopra's uh, meditation, I suddenly started having what's, what are called spiritually transformative experiences. So I was having kind of out-of-body experiences, and I I remember thinking, I think I'm going crazy. Um, what is this? And so I went to my traditional counselor and I said, is it normal to have euphorias when you're coming out of depression? And I, I they felt like they were, I was having an orgasm and I was like, what? and they would just go on and on and on. And I couldn't even like, I, I would be driving sometimes and having those. And, um, and so when I was out in California, I learned out there's an actual phrase for that. It's called a blissed out driver syndrome. When you're having a spiritual awakening, have a spiritual experience, you're driving down the highway. And, um, and so she looked at me like I was crazy, like, like really like furrowed her brow and, and was a deep concern. And I, I, I felt like, yeah, this is out there. And I closed my mouth. I didn't say anything else other than just the euphoria. And I think I started to describe it as if it was like, kind of like an orgasm. And anyway, and so then I just prayed in, inwardly, I need help. I need help. I'm going crazy. And I ended up was said, had finished taking a teacher, uh, a yoga instructor course um, about a year and a half or two years before. And I saw that Shiva Ray was coming into the state and I went oh, to a retreat wow. where she was. Yeah. So she's, she was uh, part of my, that she was basically the lead of the yoga instructor course that I took. And I ended up meeting my counselor and she ended up explaining to me that I was having a Kundalini rising. Wow. So that's where the end of a relationship led to. And the Kundalini rising, eventually it's hilarious chain of events that happened in my book. It's very long or long. That's just the first, like, I don't know, 
few chapters of the book. And then you can see how I'm led to Yogananda again and again and again and again. And I was like, oh, no, <clears throat> the spiritual. But anyway, so then when I ended up going deep into my spiritual path, it, it changed my worldviews and it was very different than what how I was raised. I was raised by German Catholics that are old enough to be my grandparents and they're lovely souls. And they really taught me great morals and ethics, but um, it was very different view of life, what we're here for and what spiritual practices can really do for oneself. And um, that put a lot of strain on my relationships and uh, the people that were atheists um, that I was friends with um, that didn't work so well being friends with them yeah. anymore. Um, they had, you know, and I, I used to say to them when we, they would be out doing something together um, and they would start making fun and criticize people who are spiritual or religious. And um, I would interrupt them and say, Hey, what a list like? Have you ever noticed how they can get through really rough stuff in life a lot better than us? Yeah. And I'm like, I, I really want that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I got my wish. Yeah. So, <laughs> and I just said, as long as they're not hurting anybody else, of course, there's a lot of wars that have been waged on the, on because of difference in belief systems. And so as long as they're not hurting anyone else, I want that. That's what I basically said. So, um, so the, a lot of those relationships fell away and then it started attracting in, um, beautiful souls that are doing deep inner work. So one of the things in terms of um, that I plan on talking about in a upcoming retreat is introspection. So when you meditate, if you are able to meditate deeply and you, when you come out, it kind of gives you that 10,000 foot view um, of your life and you can start seeing unhealthy patterns in yourself and the, your dynamics with others pretty quickly. And so journaling right after meditation is really powerful. And um, in Yogananda's Bhagavad Gita, he has a very large two volume, but he also has a very short version of it. And in, within that, or isn't that the second coming of Christ? I can't remember which one it's in. I think it's in his condensed Bhagavad Gita. There is a list of divine qualities that we should embody each day. And he asks you to reflect, were you that divine quality or the opposite? That's and if when you, yeah. And of course, that's almost always with in our interactions with others. And that's when uh, I used to tear myself to pieces, but he teaches um, kind of being detached uh, and compassionate observer of yourself right. and just it try to embody the opposite divine quality instead of focusing on beating yourself up on the negative quality. So that helps with relationships tremendously. Yeah, because I suppose as well, finding inner peace and inner joy come from within and then you can then love another by loving yourself first you need to first before anything else yes that we're each a divine soul and we're all doing the best we can and yeah i totally agree with that that inner joy and inner peace i talk about that in my little video on my own web page about finding that within allows you to change the outer aspects of your life more easily and of course that could be a career change or can be work improving your relationship or changing relationships if it's you're noticing that it's a dynamic that is not serving you and yeah so yeah yeah now we are going to go to a short break see you the other side welcome dear one to paradise we are collective seeking paradise it is a feeling not a place and we believe that we hold all wisdom for healing 
We share our experiences throughout our journeys as well as gain tools and support to flow through life's highs and lows. We are here on a sole mission to guide each other through the process of finding the path to paradise. Now we have incredible news for you. In spring 2022, we are expanding our services to include our own app called Paradise Movement. And we want to offer you exclusive access. This will include to have our virtual sanctuary as you know it, Paradise Movement. However, with the launch of our new app, there will no longer be a third party platform. We will just be a click away. This is a really easy to use app with lots of healing tools, e-programs and courses and lots and lots of healers which will help you on your path. I am one of these healers. So come over to this amazing app. It is incredible. Go to www.paradisemovementmvmnt.com for you to sign up and include yourself in this lifetime access for our full online sanctuary and for you to be healed. So wonderful. So you found that for yourself, Gemma, it sounds like when you. Yeah, yeah, it's just incredible. It really is incredible. And I I was brought up, I had a really nice upbringing and things like that, but still things pop up and you think, really? Wow, that's interesting. And (laughs) why are they popping up now? But yeah, it's, I suppose, like a rebirth. I suppose the way you come into this world is different. And yeah, however you, I was talking to someone the other day, actually, at a yoga class and she was trying to explain to another lady what rebirthing was. And then I was like, yeah, I don't actually, cause I've not really looked into it before, but um, yeah, she was, she was on a retreat and she said, oh, it's not really for me. I was like, well, it doesn't matter. You, you just pick and choose whatever you can get from that. The same mm-hmm. with like meditation and journaling, trying to allow your mind to have this in, in you because it mm-hmm. is within you. Mm-hmm, for sure. For sure. So you, you, it's so lovely that you asked me about what kind of meditation do I practice? Do you, what do you practice? Uh, it depends on what kind of mood I'm in <laughs> okay. and whether or not the kids are around, but yes. Um, sometimes most of the time I will do 10, 15 minutes of sitting and then listening to my own thoughts. Sometimes I will have music on. I use our insight timer, the meditation app. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have that on. Sometimes I will just sit there with my thoughts. Sometimes if I'm due on my cycle as well, that can completely change everything and my thoughts go wild. And I can really, <laughs> I can really feel deeper connections when I'm certainly the couple of days before I'm due on my cycle. It's amazing. But yeah, yeah. mainly I just, I chop and change a lot, but mainly it is just sitting quietly I, I, so I mostly will do my own, but then also I will then sometimes listen to someone inside timer. Um, yeah, just depends on what kind of mood I'm in really. <laughs> yeah. I love inside timer too. I definitely, <clears throat> that was one of the platforms that I explored on, um, before I was led to Yogananda. Basically that's, that's gorgeous so that you can, you can, uh, just shift it as you, as you need. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find that works for me, but then other people are different. Other people do different things. And and that's what I say to my clients as well, is that you need to find something that works for you because what works for one person won't work for another. And then also you are so different. Everybody is different. Every person is different. Every inner being is different. So you need to kind of play around and work with what you've got and then, Mm -hmm. yeah, figure it out yourself as to what you would like and what works best for you, especially if you've got mental health problems or, anything really anything at all 
yeah it doesn't even have to be sat in, sat down or laying down you can go out and go for a walk or yeah anything like that is meditation as well mm-hmm. Cycling, mm-hmm. Anything. yeah mm-hmm. no, it's has, has that made you with your relationships become stronger and more picky as to who you want to be not in a like a a partner relationship but just in other relationships as well has that made you i don't know become Um, more yeah you connect deeper to the people that are in your relationships yeah i um i used to um interrupt people (laughs) (laughs) quite a bit and it's still sometimes a habit i i catch um and so uh, becoming a better listener. And that if there's a funny part about that in my book about becoming a better listener, because we all want to be fully witnessed, seen and heard. And so that's just a basic practice that improved, um, uh, through my spiritual awakening and through the self-awareness that I had of an unhealthy pattern I had. Um, yes. And then, uh, realizing that my interactions with my family as has improved, um, there were definitely some things that needed to be healed tremendously. Um, some misunderstandings in the past, um, hurt feelings and, uh, not being afraid of, it still was intimidating because there were some things that had happened in the past where, um, they came up because of dramatic changes. My parents, um, uh, sold a home that was in the family for 30 years. It was where they wanted to retire and it just didn't work out. Um, but they still had it and, and still loved coming out, but my parents became so old. And when that happened, there was 30 years of family heirlooms and treasures and memories. And so as the family came back to the house to, um, go through what was to be tossed, what was to be recycled, given away, sold and distributed among the family, boy, does that bring up family (laughs) dynamics. I could see that. I was so thankful. I had my spiritual awakening and my spiritual (laughs) path before that moment. It helped me a lot through that. And there was some tough stuff that we had to get through um, during that and healing that happened because of getting through those tough things for sure. Um, And then I do feel like, and I don't know, uh, there's other listeners that might have had a spiritual awakening where you end up, okay, so now I'm deeply spiritual. Ah, then you attracted souls that are meant to push you in terms of, sorry, my watch just went off, um, (laughs) souls that went to, that are definitely meant to push you in, in those divine qualities that you need to work on. And it's a bit scary at times. Um, and so that definitely happened, um, people that are on my spiritual path. Um, and I actually came back from California, absolutely, totally moved to tears with the power of, of the pureness of, uh, and divineness of some of the souls I've met and then absolutely completely disturbed and distraught by some other souls that I met that I can't believe that they said what they said to me and they're on my spiritual path. Wow. It was pretty, pretty, pretty scary at times. Um, and I remember coming back from California, coming back to Colorado and went to go get the mail. And I, I met this man who turned out he was of course living near, near me. And I could tell he was deeply spiritual. We both could tell. And, and then I said to him, do you, do you, do you ever get tired of meeting people that are like, they say they're deeply spiritual and they're, they outwardly act the most horrible. Like, I, I'm like, I'm so sick of it. And he and I started laughing really hard. And I said, and so I ended up, the pandemic ended up hitting and I ended up living by myself for a really long time in the mountains. And it was a great time to heal and reflect on my own patterns and what I brought to, to it. Like, what was my part? 
to that in the past and in my current interactions when I did bump into people or, or I uh, got to see my family. So that was huge. And the other piece was I uh, pretty much thought I was going to be single the rest of this lifetime because my spiritual path is pretty challenging for a lot of people to be open to and to be okay with that much meditation and um, that also that worldview. And um, so I ended up giving, letting go of wanting to have a partner. And I actually became so content inside. And there's the Sanskrit word Santosha. That's actually what I want to, that's going to, that's the name of a piece of land that I bought in Colorado, where I want to put retreats on in the future. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I actually, yeah. <laughs> Cause I want anyone to everyone to have that inner contentment, that inner peace, joy, love that's waiting in our, all of our souls for all of us. And um, I actually did put on a small retreat last year and it went on beautifully, but I really need to add some infrastructure to that land in order to make it uh, more comfortable for people. The, the, the three young ladies that came, they're all like late twenties, early thirties, and they were fine with the wildness of it. <laughs> they were just good. loved it, <laughs> but I need more facilities there. So anyway, so I, um, I was trying to decide on whether or not letting go of that piece of land. This is before I put the retreat on and, um, and I was asking for a sign. I need a sign. And this has to do with relationship with a partner. It will eventually get there. Um, hang on. <laughs> and, um, I went for this bicycle ride and I went to this, uh, little grocery store and got my coconut water and cup clopped out my bike shoes and sat down. I'm like, what's this? And I picked up this rock and it said contentment on it. And it was had all of this, like a beautiful painting of mountains and trees and it gave Aww. the psalm of where in the bible it comes from about being content and i looked up the sky and i said duh i asked for a sign i need more than a rock <laughs> <laughs> and then that day i went to some hot springs uh, that are near the land that i that i own and uh, that my name is attached to it is what i say because then we don't really own anything right it's just temporarily in our possession yeah and um and i ended up meeting my my new soul partner for the rest of this lifetime. Wow. Uh, and, and he, um, I eventually took him up to the land and he just blew up in joy and said, let's build something here. And I totally believe in your mission, your, your oh. love of putting on workshops and retreats and let's do it. So, um, and anyway, so he, the reason why I was intrigued by him when we first met was, um, he said that I, I overheard a conversation that said he's been meditating for 45 years. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh, and then I heard a lot of what he was talking about his travels in Nepal and I could tell he was deeply spiritual. And, um, I was a bit frightened though, because I didn't want to, um, attract in any previous life karma that I needed to work out with him. And yeah. I was quite scared and drove away in panic saying, I have inner peace now that it's so profound. I don't want anyone messing with that. <laughs> <laughs> That's incredible. That's really lovely. <laughs> and, and one thing led to another and we've fallen in love and he's just fabulous. And so we definitely both interact better when we've had a deep meditation in the morning. And we understand that this is, I cried really hard uh, one day and said to him, I don't understand why I deserve to have a spiritual awakening led to a profoundly deep path and having a partner. Um, and he said this for continued deep growth. As well. Oh, that's amazing. That's so <laughs> lovely, which is true. It's so true. 
yeah. So I'm very blessed. Very blessed. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. And what are three things that we can take home from this today, from this conversation? Sorry, now I'm putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's perfect because we I've talked too long. Um, no, I, not at all. Well, I think for your listeners, since it, that how meditation can transform your life um, to show up in service to every soul that you meet, um, heal relationships you already have and, um, help you step into your, your either a different purpose or into a better relationship. Um, and, um, how just serving others is such a huge part of why we're here. And so I'm so excited that you've got a podcast that does, does that. Um, and we really need an increased capacity in mental health services. Uh, I was so lucky to be led to a counselor who has deep spiritual competency, which means they're sensitive to, they support you through using your spiritual practices in a healthy way to show up more divinely um, in your challenges. And there's a big craving of that among, among the public. And so um, I showed that in my story about the difference between a counselor who didn't ask me about my spiritual beliefs or practices and didn't couldn't recognize a spiritual awakening to one who could and how much that's helped me um and then in the back of my book i have resources for those who may have a tremendously fast transformation and might need some resources and uh, when i wrote my book i promised the universe i i'm just a nobody nobody really hardly knows me um it's changing now but um and i want those who might read my crazy story to be really led to um, deep meditation and the resources to get through a rough spiritual awakening. So that's amazing. That's incredible. And where can we find you? What's your website or your wage or book? Oh, thank you. Um, my book is called stillness and wilderness, a bold ride from despair to deep wisdom and love. So you can just Google or go on Amazon. Um, it's, and it's on audible as well. Um, so my webpage is Elizabeth with an S instead of a Z. So like Elizabeth lava, like comes out of a, out of a volcano.com. And there you'll see um, some more information about uh, the services that provide the book. And then there's lots of links too to other um, my mentors who you may want to work with one of my mentors instead of me, you know, I'm fine with that. And then in the back of my book, I really want people to take a look at that list because on imhu.com, dot org i believe is her web page is emma bragdon's web page there's a list of spiritual emergence uh coaches and some of them are counselors so if you feel like i don't want a coach i want a counselor who has deep spiritual competency um yeah and so a spiritual emergence coach may actually be able to get you though into the right counselor's hands that has deep spiritual competency so that's what i'd like for people to be able to find for themselves as well if they need it perfect oh thank you so much it's been lovely i really enjoyed our chat Thank you, Gemma. Thank you for being out there in the world and bringing wisdom to those who want to improve in their relationships in life. Thank you so much, Gemma. That's all right. Thank you. We'll definitely speak soon. Oh, so as always, I would love to hear your thoughts about this episode. So please leave a comment or tag me on social media using at Yogi Gemma. I'm always so grateful to hear your thoughts. And thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to this episode. I will be back next week with another one, another fun episode for you guys to listen to. And also please leave a review on iTunes or like and subscribe to this podcast because it really means the world to me. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much and I will see you very soon.